Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Just want to touch on this really quickly because our producer today, Zach, pointed this out on the way into the break. Uh, Patrick Beverly is expected to sign with the Chicago Bulls. At least he's not coming to the West. And he's not coming to the playoffs. Yeah. That's for The Bulls are not very good. The Bulls are not in a playoff position at all. So Good. Go away. This is, if anything, just kind of to help them maybe fight for a playing spot. I don't know. I'm, prob- I'm probably going to anger. Oh, we know how excited Pat Bev gets in the play-in game. I know. I'm he probably- thinks there's a trophy at I'm the end. I'm probably going to anger some of our uh, Chicago faithful here at the station, but whatever. This is not a winning move by any means necessary. Mitch Farrell, this is Cody Fincher. We're filling in for Burns and Gambo today on this President's Day, halfway through here in the Auction Community Studios. Never thought never thought we would get to halfway, but we made it. <laughs> no worries. A lot of no stuff, faith. A lot of stuff focused around the Arizona Cardinals today, and as I'm sure you know by now, they have a new OC, they have a new DC, they are retaining their special teams coordinator, Jeff Rogers, and they may or may not have a passing game coordinator, someone who they're taking away from Eric Bieniemy's staff, or offensive staff, I should say, in Washington. But the focus right now is going to be on the new head coach because he spoke with Peter King, who does his column for Football Morning in America every Monday. And it's always great to read Peter King's stuff because he usually gets very good quotes in here, like this one. Peter asked Jonathan Gannon, Kyler Murray's been a little bit of a polarizing figure. How did he figure into you taking this job? Quote from Gannon, if Kyler Murray isn't here, I don't take this job. I just want to stop right there and just appreciate that for a moment. After yeah. all of the weeks that we went through of like, oh, they don't want the job. Oh, they don't want the job. Oh, why don't they want the job? And, and as a matter of fact, the very first thing this guy says is if it wasn't for Kyler, he doesn't take this job. That's nice. And I feel like the, you know, it's just a nice breath of fresh air to hear something like that about Kyler because we've been hearing all these negative things since the Cardinals put that that homework clause in his contract about, you know, he, he, he doesn't work hard enough off the field. He just likes to play video games, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, mister. It just now everyone just makes video game jokes about Kyler Murray. It's getting really old, to be honest. Um, really old. Yeah. But uh, it's nice to hear Jonathan Gannon. And yes, part of it is he kind of has to say those things yeah, about Kyler. Like, eh. He's not going to come in here and trash Kyler. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. But he seems really enthusiastic about working with Kyler Murray, once he's healthy, obviously. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's it's nice to see the new coach being so, you know, Engaged. Forth, forthcoming about how he feels about Kyler Murray. Well, he goes on. That wasn't the full quote that I just read for you. Gannon continued to Peter King. I think this offense will look much different. This guy does things that it completely handcuffs you how you play defense at times. I think we can take him to another level and unleash his full skill set. We're not going to put him in gun all the time. I'll tell you that. We'll go on, but I'm going to stop right there for right now. He's not going to be in the shotgun the whole time. Where is he going to be? Somewhere Wolf is screaming. (laughs) We know that for a fact. Wolf is going, He's going, some, he's going something like that somewhere. Kyler Murray under center. We haven't seen it all that much. No, we have not. I'm very curious how Jonathan Gannon is going to try and implement it. I 
I hope it's to get more play action involved with the Cardinals because that's usually, you know, yeah, Kyler Murray can turn around and hand the ball off to James Conner. We know he can do that. He's done that before. Maybe that means less RPOs. Um, I'm sure they'll still have those in the playbook because the whole, you know, the whole allure of Kyler Murray, besides, he is a good quarterback. He's got a good arm. He's accurate most of the time. But he is so fast. He can be And he's so threat. electric on the ground. Yeah. That the RPO is still a good weapon for the Cardinals to use because it, you never know if he's going to keep it, if he's going to give it to James Conner, if he's going to throw it, whatever. And I'd like to see him run it a little bit more, even though I know he tore his ACL on, he was running. So I know that. But he still has that threat. Yes, like he for does. Opposing defenses, if, if you put him in the shotgun all the time, you just assume, okay, if he doesn't like something, he's just going to leave. Yeah. That's when the offense became predictable, mm-hmm. is that when Kyler couldn't see the progression he wanted or was told to do, he just takes off. And the defense was always ready for it because they had someone spying yep, on Kyler, right? Yep. And then everybody can just crash at a moment's notice. To Gannon's point, you can vary between the two if you put him directly under center because he has to at least go back to the running back to hand off the ball. Yep. And then you establish that if he's going from the line, he goes back to hand off the ball to the running back, but then can also set up play action to his later point. And if you want to have a good play action you know, success anyway with using it, they have to have a good O-line. You have to have an O-line that's going to protect Kyler because, yes. you know, otherwise you're just going to be getting sacked all the time. Um, and that that was a problem with the Cardinals this past year was, you know, and it wasn't really anyone's fault. There were just so many injuries. The, the offensive line was patchwork most of the time. The only guy that played in every game was, what, Kelvin Beecham at right tackle, I think. Right. You know, Will Hernandez missed time. Rodney Hudson, don't get me started on Rodney Hudson, um, <laughs> but he missed like over half the season. Uh, Justin Pugh gets hurt. DJ Humphreys gets hurt. So you literally had Josh Jones playing left tackle, which isn't the worst thing in the world. I think that's probably where he's best at. But Billy Price was your center. Um, and Max Garcia was starting at guard and all that. So. They need to improve the offensive line. If they, I think that's a big part of what needs to happen with the offense. It, it is getting Kyler back healthy and and one hundred percent. I like the fact that they're going to do some different things with Kyler, and I think Wolf is right with that stuff. I, with putting him under center, I think it adds a whole new dimension. And I say new like it's some brand new idea. Under right. center is what everyone used to do all the time, but. It just it adds a different wrinkle to Kyler Murray and a, a different. Uh, it opens up a whole different pa- pages of a possible playbook. Multiple. It's, Multiple I, I hope that's what they do, and I hope it works because we need to see that from Kyler Murray. We need to see more um, than just RPOs, more than just shotgun quick slants or screen passes. I hope we see some more deep balls too, and that play action can really help with that. Gannon went on to tell Peter King, quote, we'll have two significant offenses with his skill set, one being under center and one being in the gun. Then obviously we're going to do what's comfortable with him. The way to take pressure off the quarterback and the O-line is to put him under center at times. That's the missing piece I thought they had with Kyler. They were in gun all the time. When you're in gun all the time, you don't make the defense defend certain play types. Now, when you get him under center, the defense has to defend a lot more types of plays. So there's really two offenses. 
I see us using. It's close play, quote. It's playing chess. It's you're trying to make your opponent guess what you're doing, and when you're in gun all the time, like I said, it. It takes away so many possible plays that well, you so could do. You know what I find interesting to this? You know which team was successful in doing play action out of shotgun a lot or out of the pistol more so? The Philadelphia Eagles. There you go. Jalen Hurts wasn't under center every single snap. If anything, he was he was in shotgun or in pistol way more than any other quarterback last season. And he was pretty run first at times. Well, that's that's just it. I think what the Eagles were able to establish out of the gun is that, yeah, we're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our quarterback just might keep it on an option play. Oh, and we're also going to run some play action from shotgun, and we're going to beat you because we've got two awesome wide receivers and a great tight end. Yep. Exactly. That was what was really lacking from the Cardinals, in my opinion. Not the fact that Kyler couldn't get under center. The fact that they had no variability or variety when they were in the shotgun. Right. It was very clear cut and to the point. And the offense, it, besides the offensive line, the Eagles, the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines I've seen. Lane Johnson is a freaking beast. Jason Kelsey is a beast. Um, so if they can improve that, that'll help. But we'll see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins. But I think the Cardinals have a pretty comparable offense when everyone is healthy, of course. Yes. To the Eagles. They have let's say they keep DeAndre Hopkins. So they have, you know, the Eagles have AJ Brown. The Cardinals have D Hop. Okay, kind of the same ish receiver. I think AJ Brown's a little faster than D Hop is at this point. But then they have, you know, the Eagles have Devontae Smith. Big, fast, over the top, slender, fast guy that can catch a lot of deep balls. The Cardinals have Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. Tight end, hey, Philly connection. When healthy, the Cardinals have Zach Ertz. The Eagles have Dallas Goddard. They're kind of similar. So I think they could, it, when everyone's healthy, if they keep DeAndre Hopkins, of course, that's still a big if. We don't know if that's going to happen. Um, they could be, they could do a lot of the things that the Eagles were successful at. And of course, they have to be the Cardinals. They can't just be the Eagles. Right. That's, you can't, you can't do that. The, we've seen teams try to just copy other teams and like, oh, because we brought, you know, so and so over, we're going to, we're going to just be the Eagles 2.0. Now that's, that's not how it's going to work. Think about the last head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. What was he a disciple or a matched disciple of? Sean McVay. Look mm. how well that turned out. Yeah. Coming up next, Arizona Diamondbacks. Do they have a murky future on and off the field? That's next here on Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch Vareldis and Cody Fincher filling in for Burns and Gambo today. Thank you for making us a part of your day here on this President's Day. Hope you're spending it well. All the shows will be back tomorrow. Start Newsmakers Week tomorrow on Bickley and Murata Mornings. I'm excited about that. That'll be this whole week as well. Talking to some of the biggest names here in the Valley. Everybody. Speaking of some of those big names, that may inc- that may include the Diamondbacks uh, managing general partner, Ken Kendrick. It very likely will include the president and CEO, Derek Hall, both of whom were available today to meet members of the media at the Diamondbacks' first full squad workout, I believe it was. And Everybody. All there, the guys were out there. Today. There were a lot of topics discussed, but kind of centralized around the same thing. Where Would you like to start with on the field or off the field first? Off the field. Off the field. Let's start off the field. Okay. That was mostly via Derek Hall. Now, 
off the field. Well, what do we mean by that? We mean literally off the field and the surrounding stadium that is in downtown Phoenix. <laughs> the thing that encloses the field. Well, in is, downtown Phoenix. Is it even being enclosed right now? It depends on the day. So the <laughs> the issue that came up last year is there was a cable issue with the roof. So basically what they had to do last year was they had to decide, is the roof going to be open or is it going to be closed? And they had to decide that before they let anybody in the building because it's not a cable issue that's like, oh, the whole roof is going to collapse on standstill. But it's a pain in the butt when trying to retract or detract the roof when people are in the building. So Mm -hmm. they just avoided that altogether. That item has still not been addressed, but there may be good reason for that, Cody. Could they just find a new place to stay? (laughs) No, no, no. Now, to be fair, in Maricopa County, yes, in Arizona, we talked with Jake Anderson about that county. Don't worry. Would you prefer a new stadium, or would you prefer they just renovate the current one? Okay, so this is tough for me because the Diamondbacks are my team. Baseball is my favorite sport. I, you know, I I've grown up going to Chase Field. And of course, that's where they've won a World Series, mm-hmm. obviously, in 2001. There's been a lot of good memories in that stadium. However, Chase Field is, and it's weird to think of this, the Diamondbacks are celebrating their 25th season being a, being a Major League Baseball team this year. Yes. Chase Field is, therefore, 25 years old. If you actually look it up, and I did this recently because someone told me that Chase Field is one of the oldest ballparks in the National League, and also all of Major League Baseball. There's only a few that are older than them. You know, Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, um, you know, a couple others that are older than them. I think uh, Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay. Dodger Stadium. Dodger Coors Stadium, yes, yes yeah. correct. So, but if you really look at it, Chase Field is one of the oldest ballparks in the National League. And yes, there needs to be things done to Chase Field. If they're going to stay there, there needs to be major renovations to make it, you know, up to par with what the what they want the Major League Baseball game day experience to be. I do think though I wouldn't be upset if they decided to build a new stadium because I think they could do a lot of cool things with that as well because they're kind of limited in downtown Phoenix with space because they've been there for so long and right. there's you know there's parking garages that are everywhere and there's you know little restaurants and and apartment buildings and whatnot on Jefferson Street there where they're at and there's not a lot of space to do anything new if they yeah. built a new stadium out on a big piece of land they could do a lot of they could kind of do what Westgate was supposed to be but hmm, that's a good call. You know, yeah. I'm not saying they need to, you know, bring the Coyotes out there because that's not happening. The Coyotes are getting their own stadium eventually. Yes. And, you know, there's no really other place, you know, other team that I could think of that would, you know, build another arena. But what the D-backs could do, they could build this big facility out there with a lot of shopping, food, all kind of surrounding their new ballpark. And I think that would be kind of cool. So, I mean, yeah, if they want to renovate Chase Field, cool. That's fine with me. Um, I still will like Chase Field no matter what, but because it's my it's my team where yeah. where where my team plays and um, it's they've played there my whole life since they've been a team, so I'll be okay with that. But if they really want to branch out, I think that would be probably a good idea. So here's Derek Hall addressing that possibility that they might not be playing games in downtown Phoenix anymore. 
cards. We're still looking at what other options there might be in Maricopa County, not outside of Maricopa County. Um, and there's been some interested parties. But again, it took a little bit of a backseat for a while with everything that was going on with, with lockout and with uh, the pandemic years. And now we'll, we'll start accelerating that process again. Yet opening day, the ballpark's always going to look, feel, um, condition-wise, as it did on opening day. We'll make sure of that. However, uh, follow-up to Derek Hall's response there. It doesn't sound like things have really progressed all that much with the county officials. We've had really good conversations with, with all you know municipalities and, and elected officials that we would need to. Um, we're still not any closer. You know, are we in exchange of term sheets or extended lease? None of that yet. You know, again, because I think we also have to kick the tires and weigh all our other options first. Is it a, a new stadium? Is it a complete refurbishment? Uh, but, but significant investment if we do stay. Not only to fix the infrastructure needs of were identified several years ago that have only gotten worse, but also to improve the overall revenues and, and fan experience, fan-facing um, opportunities that we would have to, to get in line with some of the newer ballparks. And I think a big part of it, too, is how much control will they have over the over Chase Field. Right. And because I think they've done a, a good job of bringing in other things, like They've had a lot of concerts and stuff at Chase Fields. Yes. After they've gotten the, that synthetic turf that they have now, they don't have to worry about, you know, the stages and the fans being on the field tearing up the grass or the mm-hmm. dirt or whatnot. They have the turf there that they can do all that stuff. So I think the revenue is going to be even more based on that, based on all that stuff too. But they could do that in a new ballpark. I mean, they could do it that, sounds yeah. like, yeah, it, d- it does sound like from that soundbite that they kind of are not getting where they want to go with the county officials. And maybe they're just, you know, in the back of their minds, kind of hoping that they can just, you know, get approval for a new stadium at some point. And of course, we've seen with the Coyotes how long that takes. That yeah. takes a long time. They still need to vote on whether or not they're actually going to build right. So the stadium. If the Diamondbacks are talking about building a new stadium, that's not even going to be in the next probably five years. It's going to be it probably not much be. longer than that. I kind of compare this, and I don't know if you feel the same way. When I got my first car. You know, most people have perhaps a similar experience, but my first car, it was a used car. Yes. Had a good chunk of miles on it. I think it was at like 96, 97,000 miles on it. It did what it needed to do for as long as I had it. But once it started to become expensive to replace certain elements of said car, it almost made just more sense to get a new car instead. And so that's what I did. And I've had said new car for almost four years now. The reason that I bring that up is, is would you rather keep investing in a stadium that, as of right now, needs quite a bit of work, yeah. just from an optic standpoint and from this cable issue, or would you rather make a larger investment, but in something that's going to return a lot more revenue in the future and for years to come? It's a good question. Um, to me, I would probably lean towards making the larger investment for the new product rather than I mean it, keep you can, pouring money into uh, like like you were saying a car that you know yeah you can or it's like renting an apartment the, versus buying a house right you can like fix it's like the air conditioning yeah. but then when is the transmission going to go out yep you know what i mean so it's 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 tough and it, that's that is not a small feat that's a huge undertaking <laughs> to try. You got to find, by the way, you got to find where you're going to build the thing. You got to get the votes. You got to get the money. You got to decide if it's, if it's, is it private? Is it, is it taxpayer? Mm-hmm. Depending on if they build it on, you know, I always thought the area out where Salt River Fields is, 
out by talking stick. Feels like they've gotten That's, good graces there, and, right? And I, there's a lot of land out there. Maybe they can make a deal with the tribal land. So, and that, that's a whole other thing. So, we'll see what happens. One more I want to hit on before we go. Ken Kendrick also made it clear that whatever he's got to do, he's willing to pay for it. We're prepared to put a lot of owner dollars into our next stadium situation, whether it be the downtown setting or perhaps a ballpark somewhere in the valley that uh, you know would be a brand new one. So, a lot, uh, a lot of energy has been spent over several years in trying to get to a place where we feel we can do something that is economically viable for us and good good for our fans and we're not there yet and i hope we will be soon and something he wants to see in his lifetime as he it's, it's good to hear right that they're willing to spend the money mm-hmm. on stuff like that to he make didn't just a better mention experience that for the stadium as well he also mentioned that for the team right but only given if they're in a competitive sure. state and that makes sense i mean they're a young team and and you don't want to completely, you know, mortgage any kind of future if you if you don't think you're competitive. I get that, but yeah, I mean, maybe we we could say we could see a lot of big changes with the D backs maybe in the next few years. It's kind of exciting. I'm kind of this could kind of mimic what the Suns yeah looked like. So they had the bad years. They asked mm-hmm. for the stadium upgrades. COVID happened, so the stadium upgrades were slightly delayed, and then. When everything was all said and done, they have an amazing basketball team. The excitement is in the Valley. The arena, I don't know if you've been down recently, it looks awesome from a fan perspective. upgraded the practice facility. Oh my goodness, all of it looks great. Just think about how much you can give if you kind of try to mimic exactly what the Suns did. And that, upgrading facilities, plays a lot into who wants to come play for you, too. Uh I mean, if you have... If you're going to Oakland, where they have frequent sewage leaks on the field, like, do you really want to play there? Sorry, Oakland A's fans. I'm sorry. Or dead rats in the concourse. I'm sorry. Moneyball was really good, but sorry. (laughs) That it does affect things. The facilities affect stuff. So yeah, if they if they kind of mimic what the Suns, I think that's a great plan to follow. Coming up next, so the Cardinals have their new head coach, who is the former D.C. in Philly, and their new D.C., who is the former linebackers coach in Philly. Could they bring in anybody else from Philly? We'll talk about that next here on Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch Ferreldis, Cody Fincher, we're filling in for Burns and Gambo today. Happy to have you along with us on this President's Day. Don't worry, we're not taking over for like the whole week or anything. Burns and I don't Gamble. think they would let us do that. Yeah, that too. That probably wouldn't be in the best interest of the company. Burns and Gambo will be back tomorrow. I'll be back to my traditional role behind the scenes tomorrow. Cody will be back to his traditional role. Uh, Doing whatever it is whatever I do it here. Whatever it is he needs to do. <laughs> But there was plenty to talk about, and there was an opportunity, and Cody and I both took it, and we're grateful for it. And part of that is discussing the Arizona Cardinals. So they got the head coach, Jonathan Gannon. He's from Philly. Their new defensive coordinator, Nick Rallis, not official yet. He's from Philly. He was the linebacker's coach. Could anybody else be coming over from Philly to join the Cardinals this upcoming season? But what do I mean by that, Cody? (laughs) I mean... In free agency, rather than as members of the coaching staff, because there are some very intriguing free agents out there that perhaps the Cardinals could try to lure to the Valley for this season. Who do you like? 
Anybody stand out to you? We shared a couple of stories well, on this. I feel like Fletcher Cox has been uh, like. I don't know if they've actually targeted him, the organization, but I feel like he is brought up in all sorts of trade rumors with the Cardinals. Like, who should the Cardinals go get mm-hmm. in a trade? Who should they, this offseason, who should they try to trade? Fletcher Cox has always been that guy. And now that he's a free agent, I mean, if he doesn't retire, which I think is maybe on the table for him, I mean, he's only 32. 11 seasons. But he's played for a while, you know, and those guys, you know, go out when you're on top type of thing. Yes. You could see that. But JJ Watt did that. Yeah. If you are, if you're Fletcher Cox, I think that's a really good option. If you're the Cardinals, I think it's a good option. If you're, if you're Fletcher Cox, if you're, I'm sure the Eagles will offer him a contract to come sure. back. He's one of their, he's one of their best players. They've one of their had. lifers. Yeah. He's a Philadelphia Eagle. He, he's been there for a really long time. But if for some reason he wants to change the scenery, I think you could see the, the, the Cardinals come in and offer him a contract. I think that would be a pretty good fit. Obviously, of course, Jonathan Gannon and, Nick Rollis are here. They know how to best use utilize his skill set. Um, so yeah, I think that would be really good. Um, I think maybe there was a, a little bit of this rumor to this too. And Dominican Sue, uh, technically a free agent, he was signed midway through. He is a little older. He's thirty six. So someone that uh, Gambo had shot down. Yeah, well, I don't. There was shot ru- down or ne- didn't necessarily say yes to. Yeah, there was rumors he might. I feel like he might come to the Cardinals. He had that tweet. Remember that? It's a new regime now, too. Yeah, of right? course. Of course. So maybe the opinion on whether or not Ndam Kunsu is someone to add changes. And if you're looking at defensive ends, I'm just looking at the list that you provide here. Brandon Graham and Robert Quinn both interest me. Mm. Uh, Robert Quinn, I think, was a guy that was talked about at the at the trade deadline for the Cardinals, too. Um, he's 32. Brandon Graham's 34. Looking at corner, I like James, uh, James Bradbury. Bradbury, he's he's oh a pretty good corner. Can we can we just focus on Bradbury for a moment? Yes. So our Tyler Drake on ArizonaSports.com, our lead Cardinals writer, he put together this piece: Eagles free agents that Gannon and Cards should consider signing. Surprise, surprise! They're all defensive free agents. Sure. <laughs> In the section that he wrote about James Bradbury, who. By the way, it's coming off of an all-pro season, mm-hmm. a Pro Bowl season, mm-hmm. and a season where it was basically the Giants no longer wanted him, and he revived his career right. in Philly. Here's what Tyler wrote. He was called for defensive holding late in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we know that. It's putting the final nail in Philadelphia's coffin. But Bradbury, who is 29, by the way, should be recognized for much more than that. Earning a second-team All-Pro nod this past season, the cornerback compiled three interceptions, 44 tackles, and 17 passes defensed in 17 games played. He also returned a pick 27 yards for a touchdown. Let's not forget about that earlier this year. Currently, the Cardinals have Marco Wilson as the only starting quarterback in the fold for 2023, with both Byron Murphy and Antonio Hamilton as free agents. Per PFF, Pro Football Focus, Bradbury's next deal projects to be in the two-year $24 million range. Sign me up. Give him. Sign me up. I They agree. need corners. Like, you just read off the names they of the corners. They don't have any corners. Marco Wilson. That's it. Like, respectfully. That's do we, it. Are we going to throw Jace Whitaker out then? Out there again? <laughs> are we going to throw... I don't even remember who else they have out there. I I, I mean, Charles Antonio Washington? Hamilton had some flashes, but that thing that happened with him burning his feet in tr- in training camp, like, totally derailed his season, I feel like. Yeah, um, and, that tends to, <laughs> tends to happen. And then he had that moment in this... It, I think it was the... 
him in the San Francisco game in Mexico City where he kind of gave up on tackling George Kittle and thought he was out of bounds and he wasn't out of bounds and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know. I, I just know. Yeah, I think it would be a good idea to sign, bring back Byron Murphy if you can. Um, but, okay, how about this? But, if you only had to ch- pick one, because it sounds like Byron Murphy is going to want similar dollars. I'd probably pick Bradbury. That's what I would pick, too. Because... Obviously, he's got the knowledge with Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis' defensive system that they're going to roll out. So that's a good fit already. You don't know if there's whatever their system is. I know Jonathan Gannon said he doesn't really have a scheme, but everyone kind of has a base. They have a defense. general idea. Yeah. And you don't know if Byron Murphy's is a good fit for that. I'm not sure if he is or not. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But if I'm having to pick between one of them, I'd probably pick James Bradbury. He had a really good season last year for Philly, and he already knows your head coach and your defensive coordinator. Feels like it seems like a perfectly. great fit. It seems like a perfect fit there. And I'm looking down your list to the Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I don't. I don't know if they really need safeties. Oh, it might be they a got, stretch. They have Buddha and they, they have Jalen Thompson. Thompson. So I mean, you're, a guy like Chauncey Gardner Johnson isn't going to come here to be a backup. I mean, he's great. He's great in terms of depth and sure. his ability, but. You know, just like on a base level, yeah. or the starting eleven, I don't necessarily see it. T.J. Edwards is interesting too okay. because we talked about him a little bit earlier. How he had a ridiculous season with under the, with Nick Rallis, the linebackers yes, coach, correct? And he is a free agent. He's twenty six years old. He's still young, coming into his prime. And if you get a guy like T.J. Edwards. It might free you up to do that experimentation with Isaiah Simmons off the edge and kind of not have to worry about it because you'll have Edwards and Collins to play linebacker. And you can just say, okay, Isaiah, we're going to try to see if you you can come off the edge. But don't worry, we're still good at linebacker. If, and if you, you know, if you do turn out to be a good pass rusher, off the edge, we're still good. And we're then good. that frees up the possibility, say, in the draft, if you want to trade out or if you mm-hmm. opt to take interior with Jalen Carter instead out of Georgia, that's sure. a stud. Yeah, if you don't take Will Anderson, who is an edge rusher, you could take Jalen Carter. You, if they, well, so like, even I if they it, move back a couple spots. It's either going to be you're going to draft Will Anderson or yeah. you're going to go out and look for a guy like a TJ Edwards who can solidify the middle and you put Isaiah Simmons like on the edge. I feel like that's the lesser likely scenario. Right. I feel like if you have an opportunity to, to take a stud edge rusher, you take Will Anderson at number three. Sure. Right? TJ yep. Edwards is a great middle guy, but... If you're trying to make Zayvon Collins your lead played caller, then let it be Zayvon Collins. TJ yeah. Edwards obviously has the experience. There's a PFF projection that he would command three years 40. That's about what Hassan Reddick got last year as an edge rusher. Mm. I'm, I'd probably take that. But then at the same Why time, not? Like, where is all this money that they're able to spend? They've got a lot tied up in Kyler. Sure. They've got a lot tied up in D-Hop. Marquise Hollywood Brown well, may or may not be on the books. That leads Zach Ertz, to the poss- DJ Humphreys. That leads to the possibility: Do you trade DeAndre Hopkins to free up cap space? Just might. I, I mean, I, 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 I'll never be like perfectly fine or jumping for joy when you trade one of your best players. But if you want to build the team, the whole team. You might have to sacrifice a guy, a contract like DeAndre Hopkins' contract, even though you'd be losing one of the best receivers in the NFL. 
But then if you change up your offense, maybe it's not necessarily a loss. Sure. Yeah. Or like it all depends. The phrase being addition by subtraction, but I don't like to use that phrase when talking about DeAndre Hopkins because we're talking about an all pro wide receiver on his way to being a first ballot Hall of Famer potentially. Exactly. I don't want to discredit what Hopkins has been. I'm very torn with the DeAndre Hopkins topic because I know what trading him would do for the salary cap situation, but it's like it's D Hop, man. Do you really want to trade D Hop? I don't it know. feels weird to just say that to begin with. I can't I know. believe Houston even did that. <laughs> well, a couple yeah. of other names that uh, they, they had their own problems. Tyler Drake mentioned in his piece. I don't know if these are in order of his preference or not. Maybe we'll ask him in five fifteen when he joins us. He also pointed out Javon Hargrave, a defensive lineman, and as we know, Philly's defensive front was just brutal to go yeah. against as an offense last year. He mentions that the Cardinals could use their number three pick on Jalen Carter, but if they don't, one name that stands out like a sore thumb is Hargrave. After posing 19 sacks across five NFL seasons, the veteran interior defensive lineman has racked up 18 and a half over the past two years under Gannon. Last season marked Hargrave's best by a mile behind 11 and a half sacks, 10 tackles for loss, and 16 QB hits. He produced the fourth most sacks for a defensive tackle in the NFL. And don't forget, you don't have Zach Allen anymore. You don't have J.J. Watt anymore. Rashad Lawrence can't stay healthy. Lucky Fotu, kind of same thing. Here and there, like, ugh. I don't know. And not to discredit what Lucky's done, but it's inconsistencies. And maybe that was the prior regime. Who knows? We can only assume for right now. But Javon Hargrave is a very nice piece to just fill that gap that was left behind. I I still think that they should bring back Zach Allen. But yeah, you're right. At this point, he's not on the roster. He's a free agent. So we'll see what he does, what he wants to do and what he'll command. But I still think that's probably a priority for them that they should go and bring Zach Allen back. I think he really thrived, especially under J.J. Watt. I know J.J. is not here anymore, but I think he learned a lot. Just watching Hard Knocks, uh, it just seemed like Zach Allen was every. You saw J.J. Watt. It was like J.J. Watt's mini-me. He was his shadow. He's following him around everywhere. Yeah. So I I like that. I think he really started to come on. Of course, I mean, Zach Allen's had some injury problems since he's been drafted, so hopefully he can stay healthy. But I think, I think they should try to bring him back. Coming up next, I'm not really sure what's next, but it's called Who's That Prez? Starring Zach Larson. Next <laughs> here on President's Arizona Sports. Day, baby. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch Ferraldis and Cody Fincher filling in for Burns and Gamble today. And yeah, it's President's Day, if you couldn't already tell. And Zach texted the both of us over the weekend, our <laughs> producer, Zach Larson. And he said, hey, do you want to do some sort of President's trivia related thing? I, I feel like I'm going to ruin the specifics of it. So I'll just turn it over to Zach right now so that yeah, he can yeah. explain what's happening. Zach, go ahead. All right. So welcome to Who's That Prez. <laughs> I have 10 total questions, five for each of you, a tiebreaker if needed. Ooh, I'm going okay. to ask you questions that have to do with presidents and their relation with sports. Ooh. Feel free to play along at home or on the road or wherever you're listening right now. Enough shenanigans. There we go. That's where I flipped a coin. I flipped a coin. Okay. 
and decided Mitch will get the first question. This is rigged. This is unfair. Sorry, I, don't go, I want to defer to the second half. Is that possible? <laughs> if you want to. I'm making up the rules as we go. I'll so just, I'll just go okay. first. All right. go first. Mitch, your first question. This president was the captain of the Yale baseball team where he played first base and competed in the 1947 College World this Series. This is going to go so poorly. Oh this my is God. Gonna look like there are idiots. some softballs here. Uh, is, there, is there multiple choice or is am I just one of your softballs? No, like, it's not one of the softballs. Okay. It's a Yale. Ugh. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll give you this hint. He is a president. Oh, wow. From the 20th century. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I should have just said he's a president. He's a president. <laughs> but 20th century. We are in the 21st century. Um, just because I've seen him in the news, not for the greatest reasons, but I'm just going on a whim here. Uh, Jimmy Carter. Oh. Mm. Incorrect. Not was surprising. that very loud? I feel like that was very loud. <laughs> it was kind of loud. Okay. <laughs> I can't well, hear anymore. I apologize for that. Okay. The answer was George H.W. Bush. H.W. Oh. H.W. went to Yale. Wow. Yes. Okay, Cody. Well, first okay. question gonna go so for you. <laughs> this president played linebacker and long snapper at the University of the University of Michigan and was offered NFL contracts from the Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions. Played at Michigan. That's what I was trying to say. Hmm. Michigan. This is also this is tough. A president from the twentieth century. century. Okay, that might be the only type of hint that we get this entire. <laughs> he We're played best. He played long snapper and, and linebacker. linebacker, and was offered two NFL contracts, but declined them. What in the world? When did the 20th century start? 1900? <laughs> 1901 or something like that. Oh, great. That's a lot of time. Um, i trying to think of like big dudes, big presidents. Well, I'm thinking of one, but I don't think it's this one. Well, I'm going to give you five seconds. William Howard Taft. Darn. That is incorrect as well, and hopefully that wasn't as loud. That was no. my guess, too. But. It was Gerald Ford. Oh, my gosh. I was, Ford? Oh, I hate to be that guy that's going to say, I was going to say that, but that's literally it's what fun. I thought at first, and I second-guessed myself. We've got a bunch of questions to get through, so oh here boy. we go. Okay. Mitch, your next question. This president was also a former football player, but also a big swimmer. In fact, as a lifeguard, he claimed to have saved 77 lives. That's how good he was at lifeguarding. Who's that president? <laughs> Did he save the lives of U.S. citizens? Sounds like he did. Yeah. What kind of pool was he at where he had to save 77 is this, people? Is this also a 20th century this president? This is a 20th century <laughs> president, yes. Um, all right. I feel like he's got to be an answer in here somewhere. I'm going to go with Teddy Roosevelt. No, 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 no. Who's going to get a point this, between this is, the two of us? Well, we'll get to the softball going to be story. so poor. That was Ronald Reagan. Wow. The actor. The, the, the actor? The football player, the swimmer, everything. <laughs> Who's uh, the vice president? Jerry Lewis? Love that movie. Uh, all right, our next question. Uh, okay. Cody. Next thing I'm going to get wrong. Here we this go. president from the 1800s. Oh, boy. Was heavily involved in track and field, in which he set the high jump record at West Point Military Academy, a record that lasted more than 25 years. Oh Cody, gosh. who's that press? Well, West Point, I'm just going to go with the general, Ulysses S. Grant. We have our first yeah. point in the ballgame. Yes, Ulysses S. Grant. I'm going to lose. I can feel it. So it's now fine. the score is one nothing in favor of Cody <laughs> Fincher. I can't believe you made a tiebreaker. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get the, you'll get this one here. Okay, we'll see. This president is supposedly the only pres 
to run a full marathon and did so in three hours and 45 minutes. His favorite sports team lies in the Lone Star State. Who's that Pretz? You said I was supposed to get this one? Oh, come on. It's a 20th century president. Oh, George no. W. George W. Bush. Well, I meant 21st century, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was George W. Bush. W. There will be no repeat answers if that helps out as well. Not really, but okay. Cody, your next question. This president is a fan of his Chicago teams, but most notably loves the sport of basketball. I think you already know where this is going. In fact, every year he fills out his bracket and posts it on his website. Last year, he picked Gonzaga to win the whole thing. This is thing. rigged. He gets all the easy ones. <laughs> They're all easy. It's okay. Go ahead, Cody. You know Cody, who it is. who's that press? That would be Barack Obama. You are correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> so the score now. Two to one in favor of Mr. Fincher. All right, Mitch. This president did not necessarily exercise himself, but he loved to watch sports. In fact, he is the creator of a seventh inning stretch. Who's that press? I think I might have said, is it Taft? Didn't like to exercise? That's correct. Oh. Sweet. Also the only president to get stuck in the bathtub, Is I'm pretty sure. Is it worth double the points because I got the Daily Double? You know, I, I thought about that for a second, but Wait, no. who is? Who is? Yeah, yeah. Who is? Who is? Okay. So it's 2-2, two, two, right? 2-2. Two, two. Oh, great. We're on to question number eight. you have the eight. advantage because I've been asked more questions. <laughs> Cody. Yes. This president attended the first Major League Baseball game at the Swamp Poodle Grounds in <laughs> D.C., in which the Reds defeated the Senators 7-4 to four in 11 innings. Cody. Oh Who's that press? What century is that? <laughs> the Senators. This is the 19th oh, century. okay. I think. You think? I'm pretty positive. Oh, boy. I did my research, I promise. <laughs> I'm going to go with, ooh, baseball. Yes, I mean, sport. I'm going to go with Abraham Lincoln. Darn. I don't think baseball was around. I don't that know. Time. I had no Benjamin idea. Benjamin Harrison was the answer I was looking for. I don't even for. know that he was a president. So Benjamin I, Harrison? Benjamin Harrison. Not William Harrison. I know Harrison. I know that one, yeah. <laughs> yep. So after Benjamin Harrison that's not a president. That's a peasant. <laughs> that's a peasant. <laughs> All right. Four questions down, uh, one to go for each of you. Oh okay. boy. Oh. Here we go. Pressure's Mitch, on. This president has a Division One university named after him with twenty four varsity teams and is part of the Atlantic. 10 conference in 2016 this school their men's basketball team won the NIT Mitch who's that press the Atlantic 10 the A10 where where's my collegiate encyclopedia when I need her Um, Lauren Koval where are you where are you she would know Atlantic Oh my gosh! I'm just gonna lose. I'm not allowed to steal, right? <laughs> this is, is a this, family. Well, here at Arizona Sports, is we don't an, promote. Oh, that. sorry. Is this right. an 18th century president? <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> 18th century, yes. Okay, so it's an early. It's a very early one. What is it? It like Adams State? So John Adams? <laughs> oh no! 
It's George Washington, George Washington University. Ah, my goodness. The first president. Cody Fincher oh, here with the, the chance oh, for gosh. the win. Pressure on. Oh, jeez. This president was a skilled wrestler and had only one defeat in a dozen years of competing. He was recognized in 1992 as an outstanding American in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Cody, for the win, who's that press? 1992. Um, what century is he from? Is. He is from the 19th okay. century. Uh, hmm. Bill Clinton. That's not, not even the same century. Oh, That's know. in the 20th century. That was Abraham oh, Lincoln. Oh, dang it. All right, so we're tied. So really quickly, oh your tiebreaker. This is easy. Just whoever gives me the answer correct, or probably nobody's going to get this, but <laughs> name me the 29th president of the United oh, States. 29. <laughs> you do have computers in front of you. Uh, no, I'm not. That's cheating. That's fine. That's we, we promote cheating, but is not it, stealing. <sighs> I used to have to like do those songs in, in school. Is it, Tom, you, is it Thomas Harding? You, you got half of it right. Herbert Mitch. Hoover. It, <laughs> I, I, I got to give it to Mitch. It was Harding, but Warren, oh, Warren G. G. Warren G. Harding. The real Good Warren job, G. Good job, Mitch. That was horrible, and we both are terrible and dumb. <laughs> we do not know our presidents. That's what we learned. That's how you play. Who's that pres? Thank you, Zach. That was That's fun. how we attempt to play. Who's that press? That's how we attempt to answer questions on who's that press. I'm really bad at the centuries thing. <laughs> I don't know when yeah, so, they okay, start. So really quickly, we're in the 21st century right now. Oh, geez. Okay. So the 1900s was the 20th century, and the 1800s was the 19th century. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. So Why basically not? just add one to whatever... Great. Thousand year in. Why don't you just go to break? Okay. It's not, not, gonna, it's not going well. Coming up next. Congratulations <laughs> on winning Who's That Prez? I didn't win anything. Coming up next. He says that players demanding trades is a good thing. Wait. Really? That's next on Arizona Sports.